So, I mean, I just saw the messages and the positivity that you have on both your accounts. So, you know, I, that's why I reached out because I feel like it's, um, it's important to have that being, being kind of, you know, overly pushed. Like we had, uh, the Rolexes and the Lamborghinis overly pushed to the, to the youth and to everybody else. So I think this sort of category of content or media, whatever is important. hundred percent. But um, yeah, if you don't mind just doing a quick intro, you know, for the people that may not know who you are and what you do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, oh, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize we were live. Um, my name is Hakeem Vallis. Uh, short background is it's been a lifelong entrepreneur. Uh, got into real estate back when I was in college. My degree is business with a concentration in real estate. Flipped a bunch of houses in college. Um, after the, after college, I played in the NFL for three years, uh, Arizona Cardinals, Detroit Lions, and New York Giants. Um, took the 2019 season off, and I'm actually uh, training to play in this upcoming 2020 season, if there is one. It's um, amazing, huh? Yeah, and then I, I run a, a global media agency called Perspective Global Media. Um, we do creative strategy post-production of content media buying and we help people produce their podcasts what was the inspiration behind getting into that into the media space yeah um it was just after putting content out at scale realizing that i was good at it and doing i'm also a speaker and i was doing a speech on what's called the digital state of real estate um and i was helping a a room of real estate professionals on the digital side of things and like they all wanted to work with me, but I didn't have anything. I wouldn't say to sell, but it was just like, I didn't have anything. Like I, I was doing it for myself and I realized I could scale it and do it for other people as well. Right. And so I started, you know, our initial focus was just real estate professionals. And then we've expanded to financial services, professionals and entrepreneurs. That's amazing, man. I think um, obviously you recognize the emergence of, you know, more and more people entering this space and uh, I guess the opportunity that comes with it because maybe we could talk about this a little bit too like the elements that sort of make um, certain mediums or certain quality or certain uh, types of types of media um, you know better than the better than the rest kind of fumbled on my words there a little bit but what I'm trying to say is you know, what are the, what are the key elements that separate the people that actually win in this space versus the people that simply clutter it or simply, you know, enter it thinking it's easy and um, thinking that they could occupy some sort of real estate, which I respect, you know, everyone has the freedom and honestly should be doing that, but there's definitely certain key elements that separate people. So definitely. I I think um, it's a, it's a multifaceted answer in the sense that I think some people go on social media, like looking for that viral moment, like just want to go viral, go viral, go viral. Um, Posting just like, it's kind of, it's very, it's in the category of what Gary V says. Um, My computer thought I said Siri, sorry. Um, (laughs) It's very, it's in the category of what Gary Vee says. And 
I think too many people are, you know, with the content that they're putting out, it's all self-serving. It's look at me, look what I did. I'm here with this person. I'm doing this with that person. Like one of my biggest regrets is you know, when I played in the NFL is I was super insecure. Like I, like the content I put out was not like you scroll back through my timeline. And once you get to like 2018, you're going to see like a whole, I wouldn't say a different person, but you're going to see a whole, uh, the flexed version of myself. Like it was, look at me. I'm on the field with Larry Fitzgerald. Look at me. I'm out here at the club. Look at me. I'm doing this versus thinking of ways I can actually bring some sort of value, you know, to my followers in the sense to actually occupy sustainable real estate, you know, in the social media space. Man, that's the entire purpose of my, my brand and my podcast. And that's exactly why it's called the flex coach because I was tired of the way people were flexing and I wanted, you know, instead of like it being Rolexes and all this other stuff, which is cool. I mean, which I understand, but, I wanted to kind of not change, but just put, put a different kind of emphasis on like, Hey man, you should flex your impact. Like what have you done for other people? How have you made other people's lives better? And how have you contributed to humanity as a whole? Something like that. So definitely. That's respect real. That and I, I think, I think, and I think people shouldn't put too much pressure on value though. Not like too much pressure. I think value comes in a few different ways, not just, you know, let's say human, impact change the world oprah type stuff i think uh value can be information it can be education and it also can be entertainment like i mean we could talk about the entertainment aspect i I don't think because i've had this debate many times and in my opinion i think entertainment's more escapism and the people you know, the people that make the memes and make the YouTube videos uh, that do things that most people, you know, can't do or don't have the means to do. That serves a purpose. Right. But they get to a level and they, they have so much influence that if they redirect what they're putting out, they could have such a powerful impact. I, I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that, but I could debate you on that if you don't mind. Just in the sense that I think that... Did you watch um did you watch Michael Jordan's Last Dance? I didn't, unfortunately. Check it out. It's really good. I think anybody should check it out. If you're in the business world, if you're like sports, if you don't like sports, just on some straight mindset type stuff. You you obviously know Michael Jordan was probably one of the greatest athletes in the world. Sure. Um but one thing he was very highly criticized on at a at a point in his career. Um, was there was a congressman, maybe senator, running in North Carolina. Uh, I think he was in the NBA at the time. And they just wanted him to come out and make a statement saying he supported him, and he didn't. But he did give him, like, a check, like, in privacy, but, like, didn't come out and support him. And I think the guy lost, and he lost against somebody who had some harsher harsh policies. And, like, Michael Jordan was, like, shown the clip during the documentary. And one thing that really stuck with me was he was just, like, I'm not an activist. Like, I am the want to be and strive to be the greatest basketball player to ever live, and that's what I want to do. And I, I think, like, I, I felt that in a sense of just a strong, deep sense of 
self-awareness. And I think actually I'll go deeper with you when you talked about people putting out content and flooding the airwaves versus people trying to make actual genuine impact. I think that an argument, uh, a conversation I had the other day was would Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, um, Huey Newton, um, I'm trying to think of just any other big, bigger figure. Right. Would they have that same impact today because of social media or not? And the, the thing is, I like, like if they were like, the, like my, my argument is, is possibly like if social media was around in the sixties, would they still be as impactful as they were in the sixties? My argument is that they might not have been because the only, only reason why I say is that I think that this is going to be just crazy talk. Like sure, this man. is just my thoughts. Right, right, right. <laughs> I think that there's someone out there right now with everything that's going on in the world right now, that is the Martin Luther King of our times, but only has 2000 followers on Instagram. But because the person who has a million followers, who was a meme person, like you're talking about who's right. getting pressured into being an activist, but really isn't an activist at the core, isn't Martin Luther King at the core, but because he's pressured by other people to like, no, you need to be doing this. You need to be doing that. You need to be doing this. You need to be trying to make an like he's flooding the airwaves because his intent isn't in the right place. Do you kind of get what I'm I saying? That. Yeah, no, no, I completely hear that and understand that. But And I think that that would, that, I wouldn't say it ruins a general, it, it's just, it's amplifying stuff where the intent might not be in the right place. But if or the, the impact is still greater than the person that has 2,000 followers with pure intent, I mean, it's like this, if you mix, you know, Arizona define ice. Imp, define impact, though. Well, Okay, that's all so, subjective at the end of the day. I think impact can be subjective, is subjective to begin with, but it can also be objective if you look at, if you generalize. Basically, if you make more and more people aware of a certain kind of injustice that's occurring through your platform that has millions of followers, then you're- That's different. Greater, if, you're right? a, if you're a meme page with millions of followers, hell yeah, you should be reposting stuff of to course. amplify it for views 100 percent. but if i'm talking, talking about, about speaking at a march i'm talking about like people who aren't i wouldn't say qualified to talk on different subjects shouldn't be talking on them because they're celebrities do you know what i'm saying i definitely agree with you on that and like it's your platform is almost damaging that the cause at the end of the day do you know what i'm saying like i i don't i like look i think all good is good at the end of the day and yes. there's so much infinite space especially on the internet yes right. but in such a small specific important time in our country right now i do think that someone massive could throw can throw the attention off on something that's you know what i'm saying like they could also it, do the polar opposite 100 percent. but when your intent's not in the, that place because you're forced because you're a meme person and millions of people are telling you, you need to be posting that. But deep down, you're like, I'm just a meme person. Kind of like right. Michael Jordan was like, I really am just a basketball player. And that's what I want to be. But like, don't you think there's I, a I get of responsibility that comes with having any sort of um, influence or power? Cause at the end of the day, I mean, I, you know, I think I so personally, 
I, I think so personally. The, the, the speaking, the doing the speeches and, you know, going to marches. I, I agree with that point or speaking uh, at uh, marches rather. I, I think so personally, 100% as someone who has a platform and takes mm-hmm. it with great responsibility. I think that, but I also think that I, I just have, I have massive amounts of empathy for the mean person who's the mean person might, that might be his escapism. The mean person might be in a dark place right now. Like the mean person's mother could have just passed away. And he right does right. Like I have empathy for that person that he might not care about, let's say black lives matter going on. Like, which is like, I wish he would care, but do you get what I'm saying? Like his mom just died and that's his escapism. And we just might not know that. Like me personally, I a hundred percent, I a hundred percent think that great power comes great responsibility. But I also think Mm -hmm. that, self-awareness is critical like i don't i do i really don't think you should speak on topic like you should maybe reshare you should use your platform to amplify someone else else up in that sense but i don't think because you have yes but i I, I don't think and i don't think people know that i think when they think that they have to you know be a part of it that they have to like it's all in and like a lot of people are uncomfortable with that and people people are too polar with it like it's like oh my gosh like now i have to have an activism page so now i just can never post about it never talk you know what i'm saying yeah, and there's a the level think, of virtue signaling that goes along with it 100 you know there's like well oh you know i'm an actor or whatever i'm an influencer i have to post about this or else my followers yeah people put themselves it. in a box way too much like Absolutely. way too much like oh my gosh i'm starting a business i gotta go to, i gotta start a business page first before i can even start the freaking business yeah that's the biggest um <laughs> no no that i've observed is you know all these so-called entrepreneurs that which you know i'm not knocking anyone's hustle or grind or whatever they have going on but it's important like you mentioned to be self-aware to the to the full or you know to the maximum potential or maximum extent that you can be because if you're not self-aware then you you're uh, you're always reactionary you're reacting to what's happening you're not really dictating what you what you do or go through you're kind of always like you know going with the waves or whatever the climate's doing memes are on top right now and and people feel the need to you know incorporate memes in their in their um in their pages to get more attention to be on the explore page and it's not something that they hold true to the core and that's what social media does in my opinion is it takes away from a lot of people's true character obviously you know we portray and majority of people portray stuff but it also really it's like a game at the end of the day at this point in 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 our society it's it's how can i get the most amount of followers and people don't care what they do they don't care about the impact they care about i will do whatever x person is doing to get followers i will do whatever the norm is i will post memes if memes are cool i will post x if x is cool or y if y is cool but I feel like if we push towards the, you know, the happiness, gratitude, compassion, all that, all that stuff, if we push towards that narrative, then they would start doing that. And then everyone I, would start doing that. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think, uh, I think that you should be self-aware, but also don't be afraid to taste stuff within your realm. Do you know what I mean? Like most people like, like self-aware but don't be afraid to try. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Like it's, it's like it's a healthy, you know, it's a healthy, uh, a healthy contradiction. 
But like a perfect example is TikTok. You know, most people think TikTok, you, you got to dance in order to have any type of success on TikTok. And like, I was super hesitant to like do anything on TikTok for a long time until literally a month ago, I had 50 followers on TikTok. And then I just started making the same videos I put on Instagram and LinkedIn just in TikTok form. And I have 55,000 followers a month later. But with, that's just doubling down on being self-aware versus yeah, that's, pandering that's to first let all. me just dance. Bro, that's it's wild. Crazy. If there's any type of advice for your audience out there is to test what you do already, what you like to do on TikTok, just at scale. Like, what kind of videos are you making? It's literally me talking about when I was – my a video that has 2.2 million views is me talking about I was giving a speech and the speech I was talking to a group of high schoolers and I was talking about being self-aware and I was talking about uh, when I was in uh, high school going to college that summer like my, my little brother cracked his iPhone 4 for like the 10th time and I my dad was like I'm not paying to fix it so I was like let me check it out went on YouTube this is 2011 so youtube at this point you're pretty young 2011 is oh you're not that young 2011 you're probably what middle school at this point yeah man 2011 i was on youtube you were on youtube right there's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of how to's on youtube a whole bunch of like a whole bunch of instructional stuff and i was like let me check it out and learned how to fix an iphone and it took me about it took me about six hours to take his phone apart, put it back. Amazon had that Prime wasn't even out yet. I yeah. bought a screen on Amazon. It was twenty five bucks. It took me about six hours, and I was able to put his phone back together, press the lock button, and the phone worked. And I was just like, "Oh snap!" Because at this time, the mall kiosks were charging like a hundred bucks, and everybody was breaking their phones. And I literally. When I got to campus my, my freshman year, I was the iPhone repair guy. I fixed three to four phones a day and charged 60 bucks. Spread was about 30 bucks for a phone. Like, it was crazy. But like that clip, one minute clip of me talking about that is what has 2.2 million views. And that's just my truth. You know what I mean? Like another clip is I, I put out a post that got like a couple hundred thousand views about how I bought my first apartment building my rookie year in the NFL. And one of the questions in the comments, I replied with a video. Was just, if I have 60K, can I get approved for this type of property on this type of credit score? And I answered the question. And that has over a million views. My, a, a post that I posted, it's probably going to go crazy. It's, it's a video of my first catch, like my first NFL catch. Um, and it's me kind of green screening it, just talking you through the play. Right. And that, in 22 hours, it's got... I think it's got over a half a million. It's got about, it's got around a half a million views. Um, but like, it's just posting your truths and like yeah. at scale, like if you can post five times a day on TikTok, if I could post five times a day on TikTok, I would, I don't have the time yet. Like, like that's actually insane. And that's amazing to hear. I'm, that- bro, I'm a 27 year old. You know what I'm saying? Like football player. Like that's not, does not sound like the, like I'm telling you it's like buying real estate in the fifties, like TikTok regardless if tiktok is the future or not like obviously there's going through all this crazy stuff with pompeo and the regular that's what i was gonna say like i don't know who knows 
Who I'm knows gonna still grab this. I've gotten probably 500 new Instagram followers in the last week just from TikTok. I gotta because get you can, you can, I'm telling you, bro, and you can link your Instagram profile to your TikTok, and it sends people right to your Instagram. And if you're putting out good enough stuff, those people are going to convert into followers, which then convert to whatever you wind up doing and the attention that you ultimately want for the reason why you're posting on social media in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Right. But true. TikTok, it's like buying, the, if I told you you could buy if, if I told you you could buy New York City real estate in 1950 for pennies on the dollar, you would because you knew what New York City was going to be. And. Totally. Posting on TikTok, because of the way the algorithm is, there's almost a billion. There might be over a billion now, but I know last time I checked, there was 800 million users on it and growing. And I'd said less than 5% of those 800 million people are even posting. So there's a bunch of eyes on the platform and there's no content for the pipe. So when you post, that's how you can go from 50 followers to 55,000 followers in a month is because if your content's good enough, it'll get on a whole bunch of different pages out there, which will ultimately help you grow because it's just a, it's a real estate land grab, land grab. So when, and if it survives this wave in two years, um, when TikTok is the Instagram of the day, which is, TikTok's the only conceivable threat to Instagram, it's probably be a solid idea to have 100,000 followers if you could do it for free and for like just posting your truths anyway like right. that's 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 ultimately the punchline with it no i get it man and that's super valuable i mean i got on tiktok six or seven months ago and i i couldn't really you know same dilemma uh or not dilemma same sort of apprehension i couldn't figure out um you know what to post i was thinking oh i have to post videos of me dancing and i don't want to be that guy i don't want to look air quotes dumb doing that or I don't you know x y and z reason but then I started to uh, mess around with making sort of animated videos with voiceover talking about different things during the day and I definitely hit like a quarter million views in one of those but I just fell off man like I didn't stay consistent with it I went all into obviously I have so many obligations that I you know have to take care of but I went all into just trying to grow my Instagram as organically as possible and I think what you're saying is uh, definitely something to consider, but I have a I, kind of a funny story, you know, has sort of a lesson at the end of it, I guess, but 2011, I was doing YouTube, um, I guess, before the peak of everyone trying to be a YouTuber to, you know, have a lifestyle and make money. I was just a 13 year old kid making gaming videos. I bought a, bought an HD PVR, you know, recording my gameplay and, um, I remember just naturally kind of grinding and growing my subscribers by making free YouTube backgrounds. You remember when YouTube had like custom backgrounds, you could have a custom layout for your YouTube page. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You could put like designs on the side. You could put your names on the side columns and, you know, have different colors. But anyway, I would, were you, yeah, were some, you around? I was around for my space. No. Yeah, it's funny, but yeah, I, 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 I know exactly what you mean. So I would, um, I would basically ask people to subscribe and I would make a banner for each person that subscribed. And it was kind of like a free transaction. And um, yeah, man, I grew, grew my channel, started like an esports organization, kind of bootleg at that time. You know, it wasn't like proper. It was kind of just starting a clan and monetizing our content. But 
the point I'm trying to make is I really messed up by trusting someone virtually because I was personally at a low point where I didn't have a social outlet in this country. I just moved, you know, one year or two years since I moved here, I, I didn't have many friends and I started grinding on YouTube. I felt like the people that I connected with were my friends. And so I trusted one of my team members, one of my clan members with the information to my channel. And that's what happens. You know, I, um, I get a text like, Hey, it got deleted. It's been deleted. And, um, that was kind of something that stuck with me. And that's kind of the reason why I go extra hard now because of the potential and because of all the, the opportunity that I missed on, because a lot of those people that were in the category that I was in are, you know, they have hundred million dollar organizations right now. And I really appreciate taking that L sort of at an early age though. So that's kind of what I'm getting to is like, when it comes to tasting, trying different stuff, it's important to be self-aware, but it's also very important to have instances like this occur to you as early as possible because you learn so much from it. Like I move so much differently, way more differently now than I would, you know, do. I feel you on that. hundred percent. Just a lot of um, gems, but what's, um, what's your goal with perspective global media? Uh, it's a forever thing. Um, it's building it kind of like a machine long-term as I build, grow, scale different companies, running those companies through my media machine, essentially long-term. Um, that's really what it is. You know, what, what as a company, what, what we do is, you know, we, I think I mentioned at the beginning, I don't know if we're recording or not, but we do global. I mean, uh, we do, uh, sorry, we do, uh, creative strategy we do media buying and we do post-production of content and uh right now we do a uh, production of podcasts but like long term some if we want to do like we already do projects for small businesses and we right before covid hit we were going to do some work with some professional athletes um in some day-to-day type of content um but as i kind of grow long term you know you, you, you mentioned goals essentially taking different businesses so for example i'm also an investor in the cannabis space i own 40 acres in michigan and we partner with different cultivators to grow on our land so we own we, we own 50 percent of this this one uh cultivation company in michigan and they want to create a cannabis brand as well so we're running that business through my media company as well from like the the media and brand oh, wow. on, on the cannabis industry so it's like i said it's pretty much a machine to run everything through uh uh including my own personal content as well right that's pretty awesome man i definitely um i'll link everything down in the description so people can check it out um are you are you still taking new clients or is it kind of like a approach-based thing yeah we yeah we we take we take we take clients 100 percent. you just reach out if you go to the website perspectiveglobalmedia.com you can set up a call right there. It's amazing. Well, I really appreciate your time. And, um, you know, please let the people know where they can find you on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is hawkvalis80, H-A-K-V as in Victor, A-L-L-E-S, and then the number 80. Um, and then TikTok, Hakeem Vallis. <laughs> amazing. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. No doubt, my guy.